It's time for This Week in the Big East, a comprehensive look at the teams, coaches, players, and the story tradition of the Big East Conference. Here are your hosts, longtime conference play-by-play announcer John Rook and Big East author and sports writer Kevin McNamara. Welcome to This Week in the Big East. It's our weekly look at the teams, the coaches, the players, and stories from the schools comprising the Big East Conference. I am John Rook, once again with Providence Journal beat writer, Basketball Times contributor, and author Kevin McNamara. This is our final program for the 2018 season, and it comes to you from the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden in New York, for the 2018 Big East Tournament. 36th consecutive tournament held here inside the Garden. It's the longest tenured event at a single facility in the country. Kevin, let's get it out of the way. It's cool to be here. It never gets old. I was just going to say, it's just great to be here. You know, we've seen a few games already, uh, and who knows what the Big East tournament's going to deliver on Saturday night in their championship game. Uh, And the good news is an awful lot of these teams are going to be playing next week in the NCAAs. Of course, we'll have that championship game coming up a little later on and most of these Westwood One stations across the country. All right, so here's what's at stake this week. Undoubtedly, as you follow your teams in the Big East and around the country or wherever you may be listening to us, regular season champ Xavier and runner-up Villanova will attempt to maintain top national seeds when the NCAA tournament bracket is revealed on Sunday. And there are as many as five other Big East teams who are trying to improve their lot in postseason life by what they do in New York this weekend. So, Kevin, for the Big East concern, who's in, who's out, as best as you can tell right now? Well, I have a hard time believing that they won't be able to take six teams. Xavier and Villanova, as you said, are contenders for ones. I think there's a chance that someone might slide to a two, but certainly no lower. Seton Hall is an interesting team because Desi Rodriguez has been out for a couple of weeks now. Sure. I would think that uh, obviously the uh, committee would take that under consideration as Seton Hall is still probably looking at maybe a 6-7 seed. Creighton, Providence, and Butler are all going to make it, barely. All should be in. Creighton is only 6-7 and seven since Martin Trumple went down. Uh, so they're sliding. I think they're probably looking at a 10 seed. Providence came up with the one win that the league needed to see in the Big East tournament with their overtime victory over the Blue Jays. On Thursday, I think that punches Providence's ticket for a fifth straight year, which is pretty amazing. And then Butler is hanging in there. It's uh, It would not shock me if uh, one of those teams is in the first four in Dayton. That's exactly where I was going next. Providence ended up in the first four a year ago as the Big East got seven teams in. Uh, and, and obviously, when we're taping this, it's a little awkward for us because we're not really sure where Marquette is involved. But Marquette would be the seventh team. Uh, Marquette had a lot of work to do this week in order to be that possibility. And Marquette would also be a candidate for the first four, I would think, if they were to get the nod. No question. They, they, they obviously had a little bit more work to do than uh, any other Big East team. In the, uh, in the tournament at Madison Square Garden. All right, well, here's what we're going to get to over the next hour as the madness begins to settle in here at the Garden and also throughout the country. We'll visit with the Big East Coach of the Year, Xavier's Chris Mack. We'll also hear from the Big East Player of the Year, Villanova's Jalen Brunson, who has the distinction of doubling as the Big East Scholar Athlete of the Year as well. And then the national perspective will come from Joe Giuliano, from the Philadelphia Inquirer, who's covered the Villanova Wildcats to their recent national championship season, goes back about 40 years or so. We'll also run down the All Big East teams, selections, anyone snubbed from postseason honors, and we'll give you our best guesses as to who marches on into next week. So, Kevin, as far as you know, any other national contenders for number one seeds still in the running for a move up, or 
Xavier and Nova hold on to their top spots? What do you think? Well, I think Virginia is a, is a lock one seed, uh, regardless of what happens in the uh, ACC tournament. I do think both Duke and Kansas, if they can win their conference tournaments, w- will certainly make a good case for whoever doesn't win the conference tournament over at the Garden. Uh, it's going to be tight. I do think, John, and I know we're going to talk about this later in the in the show, it's an awful lot of hot air put into who's a one, who's a two. Yeah. There's no difference this year. We've seen that. This, so many of the teams at the very top have lost games, uh, including, obviously, Xavier and Villanova in the Big East. Why is it so important, then, for teams to strive and get that one seed? It's just because of the whole history but behind 16 versus 1 in the NCAA tournament with the 16 never having won, and could this year be the year that somebody gets popped early? I, that would be shocking. I'm going to go with chalk, uh, <laughs> as in never. Uh, but a, a two fifteen could that happen this year? I guess it could, but, you know, maybe the 15s aren't as good as the ones and the twos as we've seen in the past. Well, if you have roughly six or seven teams that are one-worthy, let's say, and then you probably have another six to eight teams that would be two-worthy, depending on how well they do in their conference tournaments, you're already looking at half a dozen teams or a dozen teams right there that could be a one or a two. That's pretty wide open. Well, here's a team, the defending champs. The Tar Heels of North Carolina. Okay. No one is going to want to play them in March. Now, they might be a, I don't know, a four seed, you know, a three seed. If you tell me that, uh, you know, North Carolina has to play Xavier in a Sweet 16 game, North Carolina might even be favored. So, again, the seeds probably won't match up with reality or, or certainly Las Vegas reality yeah. on uh, when the NCAA tournament gets rolling. Well, as we head into NCAA play next week, if you have questions on your team, you know what? You can send them to us. Hit us up on Twitter. The hashtag is TWITBE for this week in the Big East. Don't forget to leave us a comment as well if you download our podcast here on iTunes. And then thanks, of course, to our partners on podcast Stitcher and Google Play for being with us throughout the course of this 2018 season. Well, no longer is the Big East Villanova's domain or playground. Xavier's Musketeers have managed to take over the top spot for now. As the nation learned a year ago, there is a toughness about X that Chris Mack has instilled in his team that makes these guys roll every time out. They also have talent. They have two of the top seniors in the league leading the way. The Big East Coach of the Year, though, is out in front. That's Chris Mack, and he joins us next. This week in the Big East. Coming up this week in the Big East Spotlight. Xavier University. It's a place where learning extends beyond the classroom, where students learn more by doing more and discover new truths about their world and themselves, where passion meets purpose, where students blend mission and meaning and live lives that truly matter. That's the Xavier way. Learn more about what a Xavier education can do for you at Xavier.edu. Big East Spotlight. John Rook with Kevin McNamara this week in the Big East from Madison Square Garden in New York. The Xavier Musketeers have their first Big East regular season title, the highest ranking they've ever achieved in school history. They've reached number three in the Associated Press poll prior to the start of the Big East tournament. Kevin, I'm curious, what has stood out to you about Xavier's play this season, and how do they stack up, you think, against the national elite? Well, you know, you led into it, uh, John, with just talking about their toughness. You know, uh, Chris Mack... Day, a week, year after year, week after week, I think day after day in practice, they just really play hard, and that comes across. They're not flashy. They're not going to blow people out, certainly not blow people out in the NCAA tournament, and they, they've really done really well in tight, close games throughout the Big East season. They have not dominated the league 
they've kind of grinded it out to a to a league championship. And yet they have a couple of guys that seem to revolve, or everybody revolves around their play. And Trevon Blewett, who was a candidate for Player of the Year, made first team All Big East. J.P. Mercure is just he personifies. I think we talk toughness. He personifies that toughness out on the floor. And we've kidded around about him not being well-liked by a lot of the fan bases around the conference. But trust me, he loves that. He'll take all the hate he can get out on the floor. And he's really loved in Cincinnati. I can guarantee you that. There's two guys who concern me going through the uh, NCAA tournament with Xavier. One is McCure. He has not shot the ball consistently well. But, boy, he's a big game player. And those are the biggest games. And as he showed last year in their deep NCAA run. The other is Quentin Gooden. You know, he's, I think, the most improved player that Xavier has had. He's playing really well here in March. But, again, the tournament's a different level. We'll see if he can deliver. And I would also tell you that I've rarely been impressed with Karam Cantor inside, the fifth-year graduate transfer from Wisconsin Green Bay. That's a guy I think that sometimes uh, Xavier forgets that they have. Should play him more. He plays like a seventh-year transfer. He does. You know, he's a real man, uh, very mature, uh, doesn't lose the ball, very tough. He's going to come in handy in the biggest games. Well, Chris Mack, of course, was chosen as the coach of the year by his coaching peers in the Big East. And just after the announcement was made earlier this week, we asked him about his team. And just when was that moment you learned, Chris, you might have something special going on this season? Uh, maybe against DePaul on Saturday? No. Um, you know, I felt like coming into the year, you know, we had the right mix of things. You know, I felt like we were an experienced team, as, as I mentioned uh, a ton of times. Uh, I felt like we had, you know, one of the best players in the country in Trayvon Blewett. Uh, at the same time, I felt like we also had uh, some freshmen that were coming in that by the time we got to conference play uh, could really bolster our defense and do things that maybe you know some of our veterans, quite honestly, can't. A guy like Najee Marshall is maybe as versatile a defender as there is in our league. Paul Scruggs, I think, gives us toughness on the perimeter. So, uh, you know, I was hopeful. You never ch- count your chickens before they hatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been, a, uh, it's been a fun group to coach had so many good teams in your run at Xavier and you know this is being billed as the best because you are a Big East champion but you know that March is so important so I guess how are you playing entering the Big East tournament and the NCAA tournament? Well hopefully uh, you know we um, we show you tomorrow we uh, I think have a group that that understands that uh, tournament play is so so important you know it's what we work on all years to make sure we're playing our best when the season matters the most and that time is now and I think if any group understands that you know, when tournament play comes around, you can really throw out records. It's probably Xavier because a year ago, not a lot of people gave us much hope in either tournament. And, uh, you know, I know we surprised a lot of people, maybe excluding ourselves. So being able to bottle up that type of desperation that we felt a year ago is going to be really, really important as we head into tomorrow. That was kind of taking me into the next question because last year you approached obviously vastly differently. You had a heck of a run, but you weren't as successful going into the postseason a year ago. So does your success this year, can it have a positive effect like you had last year, even though the circumstances are different? Yeah, I mean, the great thing about it this year is we've been pretty much – injury-free all year. So we've had continuity. We've had chemistry. We haven't guys, you know, go missing or, you know, go off the ship at any point during the year. And, again, I go back to what our team experienced last year, understanding the, the fine line between winning and losing. So many of these games in the tournament are going to be one- and two-possession games. And you know, hopefully we had that experience that, uh, you know, the Big East afforded us this year in those close games. Chris, you made mention to it in your acceptance, but to win the Big East Coach of the Year is difficult just because of the other nine guys who have these jobs. You've been a candidate, you know, I'm sure for this award before, but I'm sure it means a lot for someone who's, you know, some of your best friends are also your competitors. It means a lot because it comes from people that I really respect. Um, 
again, it's it's not like I'm going to go polish the trophy every single day on the mantle. I got to worry <laughs> about you know our next game, next practice. But uh, uh, you know, again, you know, when you have guys like Jay Wright. Uh, Greg McDermott. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, Ed Cooley. I just, I have a lot of respect for the coaches in the league, and they make my job one that I feel a lot of pressure to make sure I prepare really well for the next day's practice. All right, so with this team this year, and having lost just four games in the regular season, having lost just three during the Big East season, what would you say is the one attribute that has carried you from start to this point? Um, I I just think uh, we have a poise about us. I think, uh, you know, when we get up uh, 10 on the road, uh, we know usually the game isn't over. Yeah. Um, I also know that when we get down 10 on the road, we know the game isn't over. And, you know, so often every single coach has that same message. But when your older players have been through it so many times, it really it, it sort of exacts a calmness within your group that I think we've had all year. I have to ask you about your two seniors. They're, you know, most responsible maybe for this, Trey and, and JP. It, it, it's funny, JP is, you know, the, the – guy the Big East likes to hate. I'm sure he's really excited to get back on this national stage, as in obviously you have one of the best players in the country in Trevon. Yeah, I mean, those two guys, I mean, uh, I'm going to miss them. You know, it's uh, coming down the home stretch of their careers, and hopefully we got a lot more games to play, but we certainly won't have a lot of practices because they cram these games in so so quickly in, the, in tournament play, but uh, they've been awesome from day one. You know, they, they look at me in the huddle like they're freshmen, and uh, that just makes you uh, have a really comforting feeling as a coach and as I said before hopefully I can coach him a lot more games here in March and possibly April. Coach a final one for you if we might uh, about the rest of this league um, it looks like the Big East is in position to do well at least put enough teams into the postseason similar to last year what was the Big East like this year what would you explain it to the casual fan as the experience of going through to actually start go through what you did and win a championship yeah I mean it's just so challenging you know everybody every participant in the league understands that uh, freshmen learn it about five six games in uh, there are no nights off the physicality of this league uh, the mental um, you know hurdles that you have to get through during the course of a game to remember another team's action coming out and underneath that of bounds you name it um, it's just it's such a great league and I really hope for our league's sake that uh, you know we all do really well in the NCAA tournament because I really feel like this 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 league deserves that uh, after what I saw all, all conference season long. You turn from foe to friend and yeah. root for the other guy, don't you? We sure do, and I think that's uh, probably been the, f- the first time I've ever been a league associated that does that. Chris Mack, Xavier head coach, one of the vastly underrated pieces to Xavier's puzzle as we if you can call it a puzzle. The play, as we mentioned a little bit early before we talked to the coach, Kev, is Karim Canner in the post and transfer from Wisconsin Green Bay. A smoothness about his game, plus he's got that requisite toughness. It, it, it seems that they go out and they get guys and they recruit to a specific style of play. Canner has filled the bill, and it seems like they picked up guys like this uh, almost every year. Well, and in March, John, you know, obviously Blewett and Makira will probably take the biggest shots for the Musketeers. But it's going to be comforting to be able to throw it down low to the big guy. He shoots 56% from the field. Can we also talk about an improved player in Sean O'Mara? And, and frankly, I, I thought he would have been a really good candidate for most improved in the Big East this year as well. John, he shoots 62% from yeah, the field. Yeah, right. Uh, those, two, those two big guys, and, you know, Kaiser Gates is one of those big, strong guys. He can yep. guard big guys. They have that versatility and depth that a dangerous team has. Our thanks to Chris Mack once again. Coming up, who's hot? We run down the all-Big East teams, mention a potential candidate or two that might have been left out off of the list, and list the players ready to carry their teams further into the postseason. That's next, This Week in the Big East. Coming up, who's hot? This Week in the Big East. 
Every day, the NCAA is working across campuses to keep college athletes safe by committing research and resources to their physical and mental health. Physical and mental health includes, but is not limited to, education, research initiatives and new policies on concussion, promoting best practices around cardiac health, sexual violence prevention and education, mental health resources and training, alcohol and other drug abuse prevention, guidance on nutrition, sleep and performance, creating safety guidelines for all NCAA sports, support of the American Development Model to prevent overuse injuries. Whew. And that's just what we could fit within 30 seconds. Visit NCAA.org slash well-being to learn more. Who's hot? Now Rousey's got it up top. Rousey a shot fake. Step back three. Another one. Andrew Rousey just stabbed a guy with a trident. Bridges double team. Finds Spellman. Kicks to DiVincenzo. Shot fake. DiVincenzo flies in for the two-handed jam. Working baseline right. That was a thing of beauty. Blair drives sideline left. Cross court pass off to Mongor. Mulmore to Govan, top of the circle for three, got it! Oh my, was that huge! With 26 seconds to go, 67-64, Jesse Govan, a great three-point shot. Jesse now in the ballgame with 18 points. Jackson with five to shoot, after Diallo, fakes the three, gets into the lane, puts it up in the rim, and scores! Puts one! Holy moly! Diallo puts it down! What a clutch move by Diallo, he pump faked on the three, they bit on it, he goes in traffic, they had two guys on him. And he squeezes it off and makes the shot. Rousey has it 25 feet away. Long three. From the L spot. Counted. Three points. Andrew Rousey on senior day. Unbelievable. 849 to play second half. Hans slowly into the front court. Drives it to the right side. Ball poked away. Gets the handle back all the way to the hoop. Puts it up at the Jamari Pons. Banks it through. Butler with a seven-point lead. Jorgensen up top. Passes over to McDermott. McDermott launches a three, and it is good! Oh, my! McDermott, a prayer. He wasn't even looking at the rim. What a bounce, too. Here's Cartwright. Goes to the left side for Diallo on the wing in front of his bench. Nine to shoot. Cartwright, another three. Top of the K. Yes! And there's the lead! I love it when he gets that rhythm going. I mean, he's got such a smooth jump shot. He elevates nicely. Good rhythm there. Nice play call by Coach Cooley. On the left wing, back to Brunson. Brunson wants to make a play. Leans in. And can he get it to go? Yes, he does. It rattles around. The three-footer drops in. He got the roll. Whitey catch by five. Welcome back once again to this week of the Big East. We're at Madison Square Garden in New York. I'm John Rook with Kevin McNamara. Big East all first team. Well, we talked about the superlatives. Jalen Brunson's going to join us in just a little bit. He's the player of the year. The all Big East first team, Kevin, it does look like a sort of a an all-star parade if it doesn't. And these guys, I think, that were on the first team largely acquitted of themselves exceedingly well throughout the course of the entire regular season. That's why they're first teamers. Strike struck me, John, that everyone's a really good scorer. Uh, you know, Keelan Martin, uh, Marcus Foster, Shamari Pons, uh, Trevon Blewett, big-time scores and big-time offense. This has been the best offensive uh, collective group of teams that the Big East has had in its five years. Jalen Brunson, Trevon Blewett, and Keelan Martin were unanimous selections as all first-teamers. I don't think there's any argument with that, is there? No, definitely not. And then you had, uh, we talked about Shamari Pons, who... Uh, won a lot of, of Player of the Week awards throughout the course of the year. Uh, Pons, we've talked about several times as being perhaps the best uh, one-on-one um, offensive player skill-wise in the Big East. And you know, I, I guess there's probably some question as to whether or not he'll continue with his collegiate career as opposed to potentially turning pro. But Pons has been an exciting player to watch all year, and I can't imagine uh, really a, a player with 
having to run his position at the point guard, being able to score as uh, proficiently as he's been able to. No, he's wired to score a great sophomore year, average almost 22 a game in, in conference games. Uh, boy, uh, St. John's needs him to come back because St. John's can be a really dangerous team next year. I would think that St. John's would be right up there in the top three or four in the Big East if he comes back. Yeah, they have two uh, red shirts sitting out as well. So Chris Mullins really really got a nice core put together. I would think so. And the other two on the first team, Mikhail Bridges from Villanova, Marcus Foster from Creighton. You know, Mikhail Bridges has turned himself into, over the course of his career at Villanova, into a guy who really was sort of a, who's he, to a potential lottery selection in the NBA. I was just going to say he will be the highest. Uh, drafted player. I can't imagine he's not uh, going to come out this year, so he'll be the highest drafted player here from the Big East. Maybe the only first team uh, pick. What about Marcus Foster? And how do you feel like he potentially could be in the professional ranks? We, we, we've seen his ability to score. We've been seen his ability to drive and shoot and pull up uh, off of the dribble. Uh, he can shoot the three. What are his weaknesses that you think that might keep him from advancing further? His issue is size, John. I think if they truly measured him, he's max 6'3". He's definitely a two-guard. He doesn't have the ball skills to be a point guard. Just don't think he's big enough to fit that NBA mold. That said, uh, he can score the ball. And uh, it's, it's funny, you can say the same thing about Trevon Blewett and Keelan Martin. You know, all three of those guys are going to score 2,000 college points, which is just a load and can really get it going. NBA-wise, they either don't, don't don't they don't fit the mold of that NBA wing player. But it wouldn't surprise me if all three aren't in the league. Well, you know, Kevin, we did talk about potential snubs, and I'm curious if Seton Hall fans might not be feeling a little snubbish right now because both Angel Delgado and Desi Rodriguez were named to the second team All Big East. Not that that's a slight, but you'd have to admit, first team talents. Well, I guess you know, the game is going away from big guys, so we can't put the best big guy in the league on on all league. And you think about it over the years, the great big men that the Big East has had, and uh, Angel Delgado is going to be remembered forever because, you know, he already has the all-time rebounding record, and he can't be first-team all-league. Uh, I can understand if Seton Hall is a little miffed. One guy this year that we saw an unbelievable performance against Providence play was Marcus Howard of Marquette, who made the Big East second team as well. And for a guy who's only five foot ten, if that, that guy can get off a shot against just about anybody. Dangerous scorer. He and Andrew Rousey have obviously carried... Marquette throughout the whole year. Right. Uh, he, he's the guy you don't want to see get hot. And Georgetown uh, took Marcus Derrickson on the All Big East second team. And Jesse Govan might have been a snub there as well. I thought Govan had a great year as well for the Hoyas. For my money, Govan had a better uh, year than Derrickson. So I, I think that was the only one of the first two teams. Uh, that the coaches voted on that just seemed a little odd. The uh, two players were named to the honorable mention list. You had Andrew Rousey, who you talked about from Marquette, and Kyron Cartwright of Providence, who led the league in assists. And for Kyron Cartwright, he's the sixth Friar player in the last seven years to lead the Big East in assists. I guess if you want to be a big-time point guard, come to Providence, because Ed Cooley's going to give you the ball and give you the chance to just make magic with that, uh, you know, with the, with the Friar attack. I think we'd be remiss, Kevin, if we didn't also touch on the uh, Big East All-Freshman team because there are some future stars, I think, uh, in the fold, and it starts off with Omari Spellman, who was named the Freshman of the Year in the Big East Conference. Omari Spellman's the only one who really had a wire-to-wire -wire really good year. Uh, the other guys on the team are you know, Najee Marshall of Xavier, Jamarco Pickett of Georgetown, Nate Watson, Providence, Javon Blair, Georgetown, Mitch Ballack of Creighton. Some of those guys really didn't do much at all right. uh, in the first month, uh, six weeks of the season. 
But by the end of the end of the uh, year, they were ready to go. Yeah, I think overall that's a pretty good looking representation of what the Big East future is going to be like. Really impressed with Balak's play from a team perspective. He was a little bit wild maybe early in the year when his shooting percentage was higher. I was impressed with him actually uh, this week. Uh, at the tournament here in New York in a losing effort against Providence. Plays with a nice poise. You know, he, he's a ter- perfect Creighton player because he can definitely shoot the ball. The two guys with big upside who I like in that, uh, besides Spellman, who's, who's a star, uh, are Nate Watson of Providence and Pickett from Georgetown. I think they both could be future all-league guys. Without question. Well, our Big East focus is coming up next. We'll hear from a young man who certainly represents himself, his team, and his school very well on and off the floor. But what would Jalen Brunson rather do? Would he rather pass? Or shoot. We asked the Big East Player of the Year that question next, this week in the Big East. Coming up next, the Big East Focus. To walk these classrooms, these fields, these courts, is to walk in the footsteps of legends. Villanovans who have built a legacy of success, both in and out of the classroom. Bound by tradition, humility, and our commitment to each other, we are stronger together. We are fearless relentlessly pushing ourselves to victory we believe in nova nation and give ourselves to it totally even when no one is looking we are villanova and each of us strengthens all of us big east focus shot clock at 20 brunson continuing on the dribble brunson now fade away in the lane 12 footer is good wow he's delivering big with a couple baskets here in the late stages brunson trying to make a play down the lane goes up off the glass and good what a take by an all-american it's this week in the big east john rook kevin mcnamara again from madison square garden in new york in the big east tournament it really wasn't much of a surprise to either one of us i don't think that villanova's jalen brunson was selected by the coaches as the big east player of the year and yes there were other deserving candidates most notably xavier's javon blewett perhaps st john's shamari ponds maybe even creighton's marcus foster but Kevin, what's impressed me the most about Brunson is his ability to create his shot in some very tight spots. No question, John. I, I love how he gets in the lane and, and puts people in the spin cycle, you know, with his pump fakes and his drop steps. He's just a very crafty player. And for a, for a coach to have a player like Jalen Brunson to rely on at the end of games, it's just invaluable. He's been that good. Is there a player in the country more proficient at shooting from the elbow, right or left, than a guy like Brunson? And for a guy who's undersized, I mean, he's a six-foot point guard, but he just he's able to get that shot off. And you mentioned crafty. I, I think that's a really good adjective because he he's able to get that shot off against just about anybody. No, and it's funny. If you said, you know, is he a great shooter, you'd be like, yeah, he's pretty good. How quick is he? You know, he he's pretty good. Uh, he, he just knows how to play. He just has that, that feel that all great backcourt guys have. You know, Jay Wright is very happy that he has him. And one thing about, uh, I think, Jalen Brunson is is that here's a guy that was a, an integral part as a freshman of the national title team two years ago. Well, think of what he's done for some of the younger players. You know, Amari Spellman, who's, you know, the best rookie in the, in the uh, league. Um, you know, Phil Booth is, you know, the older guy. He really blends well with him. Uh, they, uh, Mikhail Bridges, you know, Mikhail Bridges should send him a portion of his NBA check next year because <laughs> Jalen really made him uh, help explode onto the uh, college scene this year. Uh, you know, Villanova is really good, and Jalen's at the top of the list. Well, Brunson pulled off a rather rare double double this season as well as the Player of the Year and the Big East Scholar Athlete of the Year. It's just the second time in the 39-year history of the league that a player has managed to do this. 
And if you're wondering, it was UConn's Mecca Ogavor that did it previously in 2004. That's quite an accomplishment. We asked Jalen, though, his thoughts on completing this academic and athletic double-double. Uh, I think it's it's great. I think it's a credit to my parents for pushing me on and off the court. Um, it's, it's really tough for a, a person to go out there and say they really love basketball and just work on basketball. I think um, you got to work on all aspects of life because... I mean, basketball's going to end one day, and I think my, mm-hmm. my, my parents did a great job saying, you know, if you're going to work on basketball as hard as you can work on life, you'll be the best person you can be. Sure. Uh, one more non-basketball question. What's your major, and what do you like about going to school at Villanova? Uh, I'm a communication major, and uh, the thing I like most about school is the relationships I'm making with uh, my classmates and my professors. Uh, I think that's going to go a long way, and um, to be able to be in this Villanova family is, is, is definitely going to help me through the future. All right, Kevin Lyde, I'm going to ask one more non-basketball question. As you have progressed as a student, what have you learned about yourself academically that you had no idea about before you got to Villanova? Um, I don't I don't think I've found anything new. I think I've one thing that's been occurring a lot is that I'm a procrastinator. Uh, <laughs> we I, all are. Yeah. Stand, in, stand in line. Yeah, I, it's 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 um, a problem I have. But I think um, I think it's I think it's getting better. But I think of uh, the times where I was taking five classes, uh, my fall semesters and uh, junior and sophomore year. I mean, those are times where this class is pretty tough. And so uh, it was, it was. I was procrastinating a lot. I didn't want to do all the work, but I got it done. I got it. I, you have to push through it. There's gonna be times in basketball you don't want to do things like in practice, but you got to push through it because you know it's gonna make you better. Jalen, I'm curious which part of this season has been the most uh, challenging for the Wildcats. I think most people would just look at you guys and say, well, they number one seed and they're rolling away and everything's good but I'm sure you've had some difficult times too uh, I think this whole this whole year has been difficult for us um, it's it's been a great season it's been a great season and obviously we want to keep it going but I think it's just difficult because knowing how much talent we have and knowing how much um, how good we are and how good we can be you know fighting off all the outside noise you know, good and bad I think that's it's really been di- di- that's been difficult for us but we handled it great. We've um, really uh, stuck together to make sure that guys aren't falling into that. But uh, it's definitely been tough. I think that's been the most difficult thing for us, though. But, I mean, it's, it's a good problem to have. Sure. I think for those that wouldn't know, you guys have rolled with a shorter bench, really, for the most part, all year long. And then you lost Phil Booth uh, to a broken hand early in the year. So how difficult was that to really adjust? Because at least initially it seemed like you, you grasped it pretty well. Yeah, it, it's definitely tough when you have a, a teammate go down especially one with so much experience uh, and a captain. So, I mean, losing Phil definitely was tough on us, but, I mean, Villanova has always had this next-man mentality. And so we, we just say next-man up, who's going to who, – we can't say one person is going to step up. We, I mean, we all got to step up. We all got to you know, pitch in to make sure that we're doing the things that we need to do. And um, obviously we went through maybe a little rough patch, but um, I think it's just, it's just a part of us growing, and I think it's going to make us better rough patch they've lost four games or whatever right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you've been through this two previous times where are you guys uh, entering March um, I think we're in a good place I think um, we're in a good place I think we're, in a, we're still getting better I think you would think at, at this time in, uh, in March teams are just trying to make sure they have legs for their games but we're I mean obviously we want to be well rested but we want to be the best team we can be so we're still trying to get better now, we had a great couple of practices the last uh, week and that past two weeks. We've had some really good practices, really intense practices that have, have been making us better. 
Here's one that I've wanted to ask you all year and I haven't had a chance to ask you. Do you like scoring or passing better? Passing. I think passing is a lot better. I think scoring has uh, become second nature to me. I think when I pass the ball to my teammates, it definitely gets me excited to know that I'm helping them get a shot, helping them score. I mean, everyone wants to score. But uh, I think um, be able to pass the ball to my teammates, knowing that they're going to make a shot, knowing that I have confidence in them to make a shot, and uh, everyone has confidence in them because of how hard they work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just... I, it's, it's pretty cool to pass. It's pretty cool. I, I ask that only because it seems like at times this year you've been willing to take the team on your shoulders mm-hmm. offensively. In other words, get the big shot, dribble penetration, you're great at the elbow, all of these kind of things that fans see you do, yeah. and yet as a point guard, your, your mentality is supposed to be to distribute first. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of wonder how you handle that internally and how you handle maybe some of that conflict. Yeah, I think it's just trying to make the right play at the right time. Um, there have been times where you have to score uh, and because we have guys on the perimeter that can really knock down the ball, really knock down shots. Um, and so just trying to make the right play at the right time. So I'm always being aggressive to score, you know, to make to try to make the defense collapse. And if I see that, then I can hit one of our, one of our teammates because uh, I know they've worked on their game, I mean, their whole life. And I've, since they've been here, they've gotten so much better. So I'm have, I have so much confidence in everybody because they just work too hard. Well, Brunson is clearly the key to igniting the Wildcats' engine overall, but you can't forget Mikhail Bridges. You can't forget Big East freshman of the year, Omari Spellman. And when Eric Pascal has his shot going down, well, Cats can beat you. They can beat you bad. And, and on top of it, he's got smarts, Brunson does. Can you believe that? Maybe he knows who to pass the ball to. There's no question about that. <laughs> that may be the smartest thing about his game. Yeah, and, and I, I give uh, you know Jalen all the credit in the world. He really answered that question really well. He's clearly someone who values his education. And, you know, John, in all honesty, there's not enough kids in college basketball who do honor their free education. Well, for a national perspective this week, who really knows at this point what the NCAA selection committee considers a strong suit or a resume enhancement? And we'll try for a little insight in this department. Joe Giuliano of the Philadelphia Inquirer, who covers these Wildcats, we've been talking about from Villanova from top to bottom, and he will join us next. This week in the Big East. Coming up next, the national perspective. As one of the country's leading Catholic universities, Seton Hall has been shaping students in mind, heart, and spirit since 1856. Today, the hall is home to nearly 10,000 students taught by world-class faculty. Our professors shine in the classroom, sharing their expertise with bright young minds who are hungry to learn. And as a member of the Big East, our student-athletes compete in one of the nation's top athletic conferences. Whether on the court or in the classroom, our students learn by doing. This is Seton Hall's moment. Be part of it. National Perspective. Brunson kicks to DiVincenzo. Bridges right corner, open three. He delivers a swish for the Malvern, Pennsylvania product. Who's going to fire a three and nail it from the right wing. A huge three catch by a trifecta. John Rook, Kevin McNamara at Madison Square Garden with This Week in the Big East. Our national perspective this week comes from a guy who's covered the Big East pretty much since its inception, Joe Giuliano, who we've had on the program before for the Philadelphia Inquirer, longtime follower of the uh, Villanova Wildcats, of course. And Joe, thanks for uh, making a little bit of time during the week here. I'm just kind of curious overall in the in looking at the Big East as a big picture in compared with some of the other leagues that you watch, you follow, you talk to other people in the media, what have you. Where do you feel like the national pressure of the Big East comes from in terms of the strength of this league? Well, I, I think it's it still goes back to the uh, time that you know they had Louisville, Pitt, Syracuse, UConn. Those teams uh, got, got their name in the paper, got them national attention. Now, 
the, the coaches who are who remain, especially Jay Wright, like to really talk things up. And Jay really has a good floor on which to talk because, you know, Villanova's been number one, you know, last three years. They won a national championship in 2016. They're always a one or two seat since the Big East got reconfigured. And I, I think, uh, you know, the, the the way he speaks about the Big East, sure. he's very convincing to the people who are listening. But it's funny, you know, watching the afternoon doubleheader today, uh, they were going over scores on, uh, between games and, one of the Fox guys said, and now we go to the Big 12, the best conference in America. <laughs> like I said, hey. Nice job, like, Fox. What, what? <laughs> I said, aren't you guys paying a fortune to cover the Big East? Yeah. Come on. Well, I, I think somebody's going to get that in a private yeah, meeting later I, this I, week. I, I hope so. It might but, be a uh, memo. It, it, was, yeah. it was kind of funny to see that. But, yeah, the Big East is, you know, can hold its own with, with most conferences in America. They're not going to get as many. You know, ACC is talking about 10, although I don't know if Syracuse is going to get in. And Notre Dame is trying tonight. If they beat Duke, they might get in. So. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's been a, a good run for the Big East since they got uh, re- reshuffled like they did. You know, Joe, uh, again, you've, I'm not going to age you, but you've covered Villanova for a while. My contention is this reconfigured Big East, it's easier to get a good seed uh, nationally. Right. And if you look at it right now, Villanova is clearly going to be a one or a two. Xavier's going to be a one or a two. I don't know if they're, you know, two of the top four or six teams in the country. I would say so, but maybe not, and we'll find out in the tournament. But, you know, the, the, the route to a one seed has been, I wouldn't say easy, but they've made it look easy, Villanova. They have, yeah. I, I think coming here in December and, and, and really beating up on a good Gonzaga team, you know, really kind of helped their national profile. Uh, and then down in the Bahamas, uh, they didn't get to play Arizona. and They didn't get to play Purdue. But, you know, they just beat whoever was in front of them, and, and that sure. also got them a lot of publicity as well. So, yeah, they they do make it look easy. It just seems like a seamless transition. You know, you lose Ryan Archidiakono and Daniel Oshefu, and, oh, here's Josh Hart and Chris Jenkins. You lose those guys, now you got Jalen Brunson and Mikhail Bridges. So, right. you know, I don't know what they're going to do next year, but, you know, this year. I think they've they, got plenty of firepower yeah, for next year, to be yeah, honest they, with they've, uh, they've showed, you know, very well, you know, coming back into this season, and now, you know, going to the tournament, just trying to get past that first weekend is going to be another challenge for them. You know, overall, Joe, uh, what we've seen with Villanova this year, uh, you know, Jalen Brunson told us earlier. We've talked to Jay Wright many times about it as well. You know, they, you know, I think they really like this team. And how can you not like a team that spent a lot of time at number one in the nation, and yet they didn't win the league title for the first time in five years since the league reconfigured itself? Do you think that these guys are disappointed at all? I don't think so. I, I You know, you get to the Big East tournament and, and you're a one seed or a two seed. It, it really doesn't matter. There's there's going to be tough games no matter what. Um, I think they might, you know, they talked about it. I know they talked about it in private meetings, but it's like, well, hey, we got this far. We were 14-4. and four. They've won the, the champ, regular season championship at 14-4. and four. It's right. just Xavier played better against everybody else, not right. Villanova, but everybody else. Here's the other thing. The, the Wildcats whipped up on, on the Musketeers twice, twice. this year yeah. and, and still did not win the regular season crown. How do they rationalize that? I don't know. The Creighton game was very weird out in Omaha. You know, Creighton doesn't play terrific defense, but that night or that afternoon, they were just really in their faces at the three-point line. Villanova got very few good looks at three-pointers, and then at, at, in money time, they led that game by uh, eight points with four and a half minutes to go. That's money time for Villanova. And, you know, Crane just dug into the lead, dug into the lead. Villanova's feeding Brunson. He's, you know, backing into the lane, taking that little 10-foot turnaround, and it's hanging on the rim and going out. So 
it just was one of those games. So I, I think that was really, really, really one of their more disappointing losses of the season, I think. There's nothing like a, a seasoned, really good point guard to uh, deliver wins in March. And uh, Jay Wright has had two really good ones in these last couple of years with, as you mentioned, Ryan Arch and, and now Jalen. Uh, don't know if this is Jalen's last month of college basketball. My guess is it is. Where could he rank in Villanova history with a, with a nice little run here in March? Oh, I think he could he could rank very highly. It, it would be, uh, I think if they can make a run second weekend or even Final Four. Uh, and the thing is, too, he was unanimous all Big East last year, unanimous all Big East this year, player of the year this year, uh, possibly national player of the year, which is really one step above what Josh Hart did. Mm-hmm. And everybody you know loves Josh Hart. And and, and anyway, it, it just carries over from the national championship team. You had Arch and Oshefu, and then last year you had Jenkins and Hart. And this year, um, uh, Brunson and Bridges. Yeah, yeah. right. So yeah. these are all guys that have rings, and uh, you know they're all going to have a, a big part in, in in Villanova basketball history, no doubt. So Giuliano covering the Wildcats for uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer, joining us with our perspective here this week in the Big East. So um, is the Big East worthy of two number one seeds? You know, it's funny. I, yeah, uh, I don't know where else you go for them. If you look at Kansas and Duke, you can come up with, oh yeah, they beat these guys, but look, they lost to these guys. Uh, Duke. You know, it seemed like early in the year they didn't really play a lot of defense and, and lost some games, you know, where a little better defense would have helped them. You know, Kansas, <laughs> I can't believe how many games they lost at home this year. And, and and by plenty. I mean, Arizona State went in there and, and killed them, and Arizona State may not even make the tournament now. So, yeah, I, I think Xavier and Villanova are, are worthy number ones, and, uh, you know, I think they'll represent the Big East well. You know, uh, I can't agree with you more. You know, just look at the numbers. Those two teams have clearly had two of the four best seasons. But I don't know if I love you, the team. And and maybe the flip side is, do you love anyone in the country? And my answer is no, and that includes Virginia. Uh, same question to you. You know, who do you really like? I don't. Uh, it's funny. There was a debate on Twitter today after Virginia won its game in the ACC tournament where Ken, Ken Pomeroy was saying, well, you know, a team that concentrates this hard on defense and, and, and just is very deliberate on offense really doesn't have, you know, lasting success. There's no precedent for a team that plays this style. Hmm to go to a Final Four and win a national championship. And, you know, it got me scratching my head. If you look at the four number ones, you know, you had Villanova, Virginia, Villanova, Xavier, and Kansas or Duke. Or Duke. Take yeah. or pick. None of those teams really, uh, really, you know, grabs me. I'm, I'm looking at Bagley stats the other day, Marvin Bagley. And, I mean, this guy looked like he could carry Duke by himself, but yeah. he's a freshman. I, yeah. You know, you sure. don't put that kind of heat on a freshman in a, in a you know, lead eight Final Four situation. So I... You know, you ask me who I like to win the national championship. I don't know. No, no I, I, I could give you like eight teams or ten teams, but I, I don't have a clue. Well, then let's go this far. Which team in the Big East Conference impresses you the most in terms of being able to go far in this tournament and do damage perhaps starting next week? Well, the problem is I've seen Villanova play this year. And a lot. There right? are teams when, you know, there are times when they're hitting 15, 16 threes, and there was that time at Providence where they were three for 20. Yeah. So if you guard them closely at the three-point line, Providence can do it. Uh, Butler did it. Um, St. John's did it yeah. when they beat Villanova in Philadelphia. So, you know, Villanova to me, they have the tools and they have the capabilities, and if they're playing their best, nobody can beat them. But it's hard to play your best, especially in a tournament like this where you're going to see everybody a third time. Last Villanova question. Uh, how close is Phil Booth to 100%? And depth, I thought, was an issue, obviously, when Booth was out. How is their depth going into the tournament? Oh, it's good. Jay won't play any more than eight guys, and now he has nine available players, counting uh, Jermaine Samuels from New England. Mm-hmm. 
But Samuels is kind of like the odd man out because Shea wants to go with eight. And as for Phil, he, can't, he he played really well in his first game back. But since then, he just seems to be pressing. He, he doesn't really seem comfortable in the offense. Uh, defensively, he's doing a good job, and I think Jay's very happy with the way he's uh, kind of settled things down defensively. But uh, I, I think, you know, he's really got to come through offensively settle down a little bit and just kind of blend right in and i i think it'll be fine but uh you know having him back is a big addition for villanova joe thanks for the time today enjoy the madness hey, thanks john appreciate it thanks kevin good to be with you guys joe giuliano philadelphia inquirer and who's got next or more specifically who's playing on into next week with invitations potentially to the big dance we'll talk about that coming up this week in the big east Coming up, who's got next? This week in the Big East. The Providence College experience, rooted in academic excellence, shared values, and an uncommon sense of community is both unique and exceptional. A premier Catholic liberal arts college, PC has 3,900 undergraduate students, a dynamic, engaged community, and a great location just minutes from downtown Providence. With pride in its heritage, Providence College looks forward to a bright future. Learn more at Providence.edu. Who's got next? Now it's Howard moving against Kane. Howard finds Kane driving on the baseline. Put the bucket down and a foul. John Rook, Kevin McNamara this week in the Big East. And, of course, as we wrap it up here, Kevin, the best part about basketball in the Big East Conference this season is the fact that we had an extremely competitive conference from top to bottom overall. Congratulations to the Xavier Musketeers for cracking through and winning the regular season championship. But there's at least a half a dozen teams in this league that are pretty good. You know, John, uh, Chris Mack said it earlier in the show. I think it's really cool that now that we're into March, the NCAA tournament's here, the other schools really turn into fans of the other schools. I don't think that happens in leagues around the country. But I can tell you, you know, Ed Cooley at Providence, for example, he'll be texting, you know, Greg McDermott at Creighton uh, when, when Creighton's, uh, you know, bracket comes out and say, you know, I know this team, you know, do you need any help, blah, blah, blah. And certainly when the results come in, everyone's real excited when the Big East teams win. I'm going to hold your feet to the fire one last time here. How many from the Big East are dancing next week? I get six. Okay. I get six, and I do think that they have a Final Four team within the mix. Within the mix. Going with Villanova. Villanova? Yeah, I can't really disagree with that. I'll be honest with you on that one. Tough not to. Been fun this season. Thanks, buddy. Sure appreciate it. You're four of our program and looking forward to a lot more. It was the best one yet. Don't forget, if you're still looking for more Big East Hoop news, you tune in each week live with Big East Shoot Around. It's available on the Big East Facebook page, at Big East on Twitter. And the Fox Sports Go app, Shoot Around, features coaches and player interviews from around the league every week. So send your question, even your hot takes, via social media every week. Hashtag BE Shoot Around. You can be featured on the show. Our thanks this week once again to Xavier's Chris Mack, Villanova's Jalen Brunson, and Joe Giuliano of the Philadelphia Inquirer for joining us. Thanks also go out to our flagship stations at all of our Big East membership schools for their assistance in providing a lot of the sound that hopefully brings us and brings you a little closer to these big moments that we talk about each and every week, these games all season long. Thanks to our producer, Kevin Collins, and to the coaches and administrators at all 10 Big East member institutions. Kevin McNamara. I'm John Rook. Don't forget, if you like what you hear, please let us know. You can leave us a review on iTunes. Hit us up on Twitter anytime at JR Broadcaster. He's Kevin McNamara33. Enjoy the madness as it unfolds, and thank you for listening this season to This Week in the Big East. Thanks for listening to This Week in the Big East. Special thanks to our member schools, Butler, Creighton, DePaul, Georgetown, Marquette, Providence, St. John's, Seton Hall, 
Villanova, and Xavier, as well as their athletic departments. This Week in the Big East is produced by Kevin Collins. The executive producers are John Paquette and Rick Gentile. Be sure to join us next week for the latest edition of This Week in the Big East.